The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. So it was hidden in the middle of an omnibus bill, and when reporters found it, it sent some shockwaves through the legislature in the province. Bill 22 was tabled yesterday, and it would terminate the contract of Alberta's election commissioner. Now get this, he, of course he is currently investigating the UCP's 2017 leadership race, which to date has issued more than $200,000 in fines. For a little bit of background, here's Global's Tom Vernon. The UCP government says in an effort to find some cost savings, it is shutting down the independent office of the election commissioner and moving it underneath the chief electoral officer. Five investigative members from that office are being moved over directly, but the election commissioner himself, Lauren Gibson, will be fired once the legislation passes. Now, this decision comes as Gibson and that office are investigating the UCP leadership campaign that Premier Jason Kenney eventually won. In fact, he has handed out more than $211,000 worth of fines linked to the Jeff Calloway campaign. The UCP government says, look, those investigations will continue on. The chief electoral officer will hire a new election commissioner underneath him. It could very well be Gibson. But the opposition NDP says there is clearly some political interference happening here. They say this will have a tremendous chilling effect on any investigation against the government. If I was a Crown prosecutor anywhere near this, I would be very scared for my job. If I were a police officer anywhere near this, I would be very scared for my job. This is a profound, chilling uh, message, and uh, it's a dark, dark day. While we're making a structural change that we believe is in the best interest of Albertans, we're not, we're not at all suggesting or providing any direction on current ongoing investigations. Rachel Notley says she intends to directly speak with the Lieutenant Governor about this legislation and ask her not to sign it if it is passed. She says she will also seek legal options when it comes to this legislation. Tom Vernon, Global News. Thanks, Tom. Well, Keith Gerine is the legislator columnist uh, with the Edmonton Journal, Sun and Examiner. And in a column today, he writes, quote, when a government charges ahead with a move as seemingly brazen as this, it can only indicate one thing. Alberta is now being governed by those who have lost any fear of political fallout, a machine that has come to interpret its election mandate as a blank check to do whatever it wants, no matter the optics, the cost to account or the threat to democracy itself. Keith joins us now. Welcome to the show. Hi, great to be here. All right, now, have you ever seen anything like this before, Keith? I have not. Uh, this was uh, unprecedented in, in my time at the legislature. Now, I've, I've only covered politics since uh, 2010 or so, so I wasn't around for a lot of the Klein years. Uh, it's possible some of the, some older or retired journalists may remember some shenanigans back in the day, but uh, in my time here anyway, I have not seen anything uh, approaching this kind of... Um, this kind of level of, I'm going to call it corruption. That's that's what I see it as. Okay, so let, let's expand on that corruption. We've heard it described in many different ways today. There's going to be people who are going to say, how do you, why would you describe it as corruption? Why do you, Keith? Well, I, I think there's just a general principle, a general, uh, general rule of fairness, of, um, of uh, appropriate use of power, that you do not uh, interfere with investigations that are uh, directed at you. People in power have to have checks and balances on them. Uh, there needs to be responsible avenues of investigation, because we have seen instances of government abuse in, in the past. 
Uh, and when you, when you miss with the process, in my mind, you are messing with democracy itself. You are taking the power out of the hands of the people, out of the, out of the hands of the voters, and putting it in your own. Uh, and that, to me, is a corrupt practice. Keith, uh, tell us about, uh, about going through, I think it was a tech briefing uh, with this bill yesterday. Um, tell us about when you noticed it, and were you in a room with other reporters? What went down? Uh, yes, we were there. I was there. Uh, it was around, uh, I think, 9.30, 9.45 in the morning. Um, we didn't know much going in other than uh, the government was uh, tabling some legislation that would help it uh, implement its budget priorities. That was all the information we got ahead of time. Uh, we quickly saw that uh, Bill 22 and Bill 25 were, were two more omnibus bills. That seems to be a, a bit of a pattern with the government mm. this, uh, this session. Um, and, uh, in fact, um, there uh, was a lot of items on there. There were yeah. 25, I think, different changes uh, listed among the two bills. But uh, very clearly, uh, when uh, we looked at number 10, uh, it, st- it stood out like a sore thumb, and that was the move to, uh, to fire the election commissioner. Uh, the finance minister, Travis Tave, saying the decision to end Lauren Gibson's contract is strictly about saving money. Uh, his job and five staff positions are then going to be transferred to the current chief electoral officer, uh, that being Glenn Resler, an expected savings of $1 million over five years. And uh, he's saying it puts the provinces in line with others that do not have a separate independent commissioner's office. You say that rings hollow. Tell me why. Yeah, well, both both excuses there. I mean, to to get on the same page with with government, uh, in other governments and other provinces. I, I mean, the the Alberta government has not shown any consistency on that. There have been a number of instances already with this government where they have been quite eager to break from the pack, mm-hmm. and, and or as they phrase it, Alberta will be a leader on this, as they say. So that includes things like uh, implementing a, a special minimum wage for youth. Um, or trying to impose geographic restrictions on where doctors can practice. Uh, those are two things. Uh, there's going to be, I think, some uh, some uh, uh, legislation coming up on uh, rights of property owners to defend their properties. Uh, that also is going to put Alberta on a kind of a unique footing as well. Um, so that that's one excuse that it just you know it doesn't it doesn't ring true that we have to be consistent with other provinces. The other thing here about saving money, yeah, I mean, minute. we're talking two hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year. Yeah. I mean, this is this is pocket change. This yeah. is this is scrounging for nickels and dimes in in the <laughs> in the couch cushions. Um, you know, this is it's hard to imagine that this government feels that those kind of paltry savings are going to be worth the political blowback it receives unless there is some other advantage that they're not stating. Uh, you, you, you touched on the omnibus bills and how this seems to be uh, the, the MO for the government right now. To me, it's kind of like almost governing by distraction. We're just going to put uh, so much stuff in here that it's tough for people to keep on top of it, and it's tough for Albertans to stay on top of it. It's got to be tough even for journalists whose job it is to stay on top of it. I, I likened it to with one of my colleagues today as like drinking a water through a fire hose and, and maybe they're just hopeful of letting uh, that uh, that uh, will let things slip by. That and 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 as a result, there might be no backlash, and there might not be any pushback or any protest. Yeah, I think there is an element of that going on now. To be a little bit fair to the government. Uh, there are a lot of changes stemming from this budget, an awful lot of changes. Um, and this is the, the most change I think we've seen in 25 years in, in one budget. So there is no easy way to kind of deliver all of this uh, in a short period of time. However, 
yeah, the the flood with which this has been coming. I think your analogy is is correct. Trying to trying to drink uh, drink from a fire hose here. Uh, there is stuff getting missed, or if it's covered at all, it's covered in a very perfunctory way, and we don't have the time or the energy or the resources anymore to really look in depth at some of these changes. They're going to be pretty profound for people mm-hmm. uh, because when one, uh, one bill comes up with 25 items on it, uh, you know, we might be able to get through three or four of those without really looking at them in depth. And then the next day, if you hope to do that, the government's already tabled two or three other things at you. Um, and so, yeah, it makes it very, very difficult to do your job as a journalist. Do you think that this government has just said, oh, they, they looked at their, their majority win and have just said, okay, we're going to do whatever the hell we want right now? That's what it is increasingly uh, appearing to me. Yeah, as, as you read in the, the quote from my column today, um, you know, a government that, that starts to do these sorts of things in, in broad daylight, um, you know, not trying to sneak it in through the back door or, uh, you know, tweak a, legis- a piece of legislation here or there, uh, to, to, to be this bold about um, firing an election commissioner um, or, or to making some of the cuts that they've made. Yeah, I, to me, this is a government that just has no fear of any kind of political reprisal at this point. And they're probably right. Um, they're probably right. There's not much that uh, that can be done. They, if a, you know, there, there perhaps could be legal challenges, there could be protests. This government has shown uh, no interest in paying attention to any of that. Uh, Keith Drine uh, joining me this afternoon. He's the legislature a columnist with the Edmonton Journal, the Sun and the Examiner. Now, um, from what I understand with the way this will work with the uh, with the decision to um, end Lauren Gibson's contract, this bill eventually gets passed. Um, there's royal assent. Um, the current election commissioner will get fired. The staff is transferred to the office of the, the chief electoral officer who would then be responsible for hiring a new elections commissioner. Will there be any obligation whatsoever to continue any investigations? No, that, that's up to the chief electoral officer. And I, in, in some ways, I, I think that is probably correct. If you are going to have a, a truly independent officer of the legislature, who is the chief electoral officer in this case, then that person does need to be free to decide who they hire, which investigations to follow, how they, you know, how they uh, distribute resources and use resources within their own office. So I, I think that is fair. Um, the problem, but the, the government knows that, right? The government, it's to the government's advantage to do this. So there is no obligation for the chief electoral officer to rehire Lauren Gibson or any election commissioner for that matter. There's no obligation to continue investigations. Uh, there's no obligation to continue fighting court cases that are, that are, uh, deal with the commissioner's office at this point. Uh, there's no obligation to even keep the staff mm. that the commissioner had. Um, that is all going to be up to the, the chief electoral officer now. Even if the current chief electoral officer, his name is Glenn Ressler, um, I don't know a whole lot about him, but he has a good reputation. But even if Glenn Ressler was to continue all those investigations, though, his contract is up in April. And so at that point, uh, the government, if it so chooses, uh, could hire a new chief electoral officer that maybe isn't quite as interested in investigating. Well, and let's talk about this. When you, when you, when you look at the election commissioner at the center of all of this, you've heard the name, we've said the name Lauren Gibson uh, numerous times. You know, Dwayne Bratt, uh, Mount Royal Poli Sci, was on with Ryan Jesperson this morning suggesting that the UCP had a, had a target on, on Gibson's back for quite a while uh, now. Um, but he's been very busy. He's done a lot with these investigations, hasn't he? He has, yeah. I mean, he's only been on the job 16 months, but it's been quite a 16 months. So, yeah, there's, I think, uh, I was 
trying to do a hand count on, on the website yesterday, uh, but 30 letters of reprimands, uh, 90 uh, fines, I think, dished out for uh, over-contributions over to political parties, uh, and then some $200,000 in fines uh, directed at uh, people connected with the Jeff Calloway campaign um, that was involved in the UCP leadership in, in 2017. So that's, that's quite a, a list uh, in 16 months of work. Uh, and he does doesn't talk about his work. That is a shame, and I think the NDP is probably kicking itself that mm-hmm. they didn't uh, give more power to the election commissioner to uh, talk and, and disclose uh, some of the findings from his investigations in a, in a more robust way. Uh, he's only ever sort of uh, talked through the website and, and through the fines that show up there. Um, but uh, you know, at this point, uh, you know, if you know, if there's ever been kind of an independent officer of the legislature who has shown his or her worth in such a short time, it is definitely this commissioner. And Keith, do you have? Can you hang on on for a couple of minutes? Do you have to run to go do something? Because I have a couple more questions for you. I can hang on. All right, Keith, because you talked uh, just a couple of months ago, you wrote a column about the need to protect the independent officers in the Alberta legislature. Uh, you, you tweeted something today saying, you know what, at the time, I think you were a little worried. Now, maybe it's a t- I told you so. Let's get into that after this. Keith Gerine joining me this afternoon, legislature columnist with the uh, Edmonton Journal, The Sun and The Examiner. We're, we're talking about Bill 22, which was tabled yesterday, which would terminate the contract of Alberta's election commissioner, who is currently investigating the UCP's 2017 leadership race. Um, you know what, Keith, I'm just getting some, uh, some tweets, some texts saying that the speaker has just ejected Notley from the House. That is correct. That did that did just happen moments ago. Um, there was a, a bit of a showdown in which uh, Rachel Notley accused Jason Nixon, the House leader for the UCP, of misleading the House. Uh, that's considered a bit of a no-no. And uh, when uh, the Speaker, Nathan Cooper, uh, asked her to apologize, she refused. And he kicked her out of the house for the rest of the day. Uh, I haven't seen that in a while, <laughs> or maybe <that>. ever. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe ever. Oh my goodness! Um, I, I can't imagine what the next three years are going to be uh, like. If uh, you know, given the past few months, to be honest with you, but they've really rushed this bill, haven't they? They've limited the conversation. They've been refusing to answer questions, and and for a lot of folks, and I guess you know, they they have the the, the right to do that. But it just stinks to a lot of people, Keith. It really does. Um, now, my understanding is uh, Jason Nixon, before going into the legislature this afternoon, did uh, scrum with media and take some questions on, on Bill 22. Um, and Travis Taves did hold a, a press conference yesterday mm-hmm. in which he took questions. Uh, that uh, press conference, he mainly stuck to his talking points that yeah. this is about uh, efficiencies and aligning with other provinces. And, and it was actually quite a uh, impressive display of uh, self-control as, as uh, media were questioning him about how he how he could possibly not see the optics of how bad this looked, uh, and he just wouldn't engage on that. Uh, so it was it was actually sort of impressive to see him um, not uh, unruffled by any of that. But yeah, they are um, they are moving to invoke closure before any debate has happened on on Bill Twenty Two. They have decided that they are going to limit debate to three hours. Uh, I'm not aware that they've done that for any other of their legislation uh, at any point, in, either in the spring session or the fall session. Someone can maybe correct me on that, but th- this is the first one I've heard of. And, 
yeah, it's, uh, it, it kind of shows you um, just how much confidence they really have that this, this bill stands on its own merits. This is not one that they want to be talking about. Uh, three months ago, as uh, I was going into break, I'd mentioned three months ago, you wrote a column about the need to protect the independent officers in the legislature, who uh, Lauren Gibson is, is one of those. Um, uh, on my text line today, Keith, I have people saying, well, they're, they're the ones in power, so they, I guess they can do what they want. Um, what do you say to those, uh, you said at the time when you wrote this article, you were worried that uh, that uh, the UCP might make some cuts there. Now it's happening. You kind of said, eh, I told you so. Uh, why is that? Why are those independent officers in the ledge so important? Yeah, I mean, these are the people that really protect our, our democracy. Uh, they're, they're called independent officers for a reason. They're, they are they're not completely independent, but they are the folks who are keeping a check and balance on those in power. They are the people who, um, you know, they point out shortcomings in our services. They they provide uh, sanity to politicized disputes, kind of act as a referee at times. They, um, you know, they offer fairness to the marginalized. They ensure and for information, essential government information is either publicized or protected when necessary. And, you know, they're far from perfect, but without them, um, you know, basically our politicians could kind of do whatever they please with no checks to keep them honest and on course. Uh, if you think about, like, if we didn't have an information and privacy commissioner, if the government just said, no, you're not getting access to that report or you're not getting access to those statistics, uh, then what recourse would the public have to say we need to see these things? What what would force the government to actually uh, release that information? And in this case, you know, with the election commissioner, uh, it's about enforcing election law. Why even have an election law uh, with contribution limits and who can donate? Why even bother to have that if there's no one to actually enforce it? Keith, before I let you go, I uh, just want to get your your thoughts on this. Uh, Rachel Notley has sent a letter to uh, Lieutenant Governor Lois Mitchell asking her to deny assent of Bill 22. Uh, how would this work? Would she just say no? What, what would the likelihood be of this? <laughs> Uh, zero and zero, okay. um, <laughs> or extremely close to zero. I, I'm constantly surprised that the legislature is never entirely know what's going to happen. But yeah, I mean, th- this again. I talked about being unprecedented. This would be unprecedented for a lieutenant governor to uh, refuse to sign a bill. Now, Notley is arguing that there is a bit of precedent from for this uh, from the United Kingdom that uh, you know that the bill would sort of enable illegal activity and that it, it would interfere with the proper functioning of the House if it was allowed to, you know, to receive royal assent and come into force. Uh, and so that's the basis with which she's going to try to convince um, the lieutenant governor. I would be shocked <laughs> if <laughs> that came to be. Keith, we didn't even get a chance to talk about teachers' pensions and what's going on there as a part of this omnibus bill as well. There's so much packed into there. Uh, Keith, I want to thank you for your chi- time this afternoon, for your insight into this, and keep up the great work uh, in the Edmonton Journal. Thank you so much. Thanks, Julian. Okay.